The show starts in three, two, one. There goes that man's jockstrap. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. The In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you exclusively by YouTube. Buy golf kicks. Screw your shoes. Buy Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Buy Canadips, a CBD pouch crafted and manufactured in Humboldt, California. And buy Streamer Loot. Check out the In the League of Their Own merch line today. Welcome to the show. Here are your hosts, Austin and Colin. Hey, man. Happy Friday. How's it going? Happy Friday. It's going wonderful. How about yourself? Oh, just great. Um, looking forward to this weekend. A lot of uh, conference championships in the college football world. Those are going to be fun to watch. Um, and as long as, as well as everything else that we're going to be diving into today. Um, as always, everyone, appreciate you stopping in here on YouTube. Make sure you check out all of our other socials as well. You can find those down in the description link below. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter um any breaking news that happens outside of our episodes every week you can find uh breaking news there uh for our audio episodes check out uh apple podcasts google podcasts spotify anywhere associated with anchor um appreciate everybody who started listening to those we've seen a lot of um a lot more listeners over on those platforms so we appreciate that and as always five star ratings help us move up the charts even more um and lastly our merch streamerloot.co also you can find that below in the description uh t-shirts sweatshirts mugs all that good stuff can be found there uh, and we appreciate it if you guys would rep the pod and help get the name out there uh diving in then to our nfl content for the day uh what is your first headline slash question so last night after the Saints have lost five consecutive games, first time under Sean Payton's tenure with the Saints, do the Saints, do you think they restart at the quarterback position this offseason since this is supposed to be a veteran-heavy free agency like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rod, you know, a handful of names potentially on in the open there? Do you think they scratch all their plans that they have at quarterback right now and restart? Yeah. I think depending on how Hill finishes the season, obviously last night, there's a lot of, he did a lot of great things um, aside from his four interceptions, which some of them were tipped balls or his hand got hit. Um, it was really only, I'd say, I think two of his four were like, okay, that was a bad throw. Um, although the first one was just a hell of an effort by uh, the D back on the <laughs> toe touching on the sideline. So, um, but nonetheless, an interception is an interception. So going forward, obviously the Saints are still kind of in the playoff hunt at five and seven, but with every game you fall back, everybody is going to be jumping you with a win. So come off season, if Hill has isn't able to improve, obviously he's had a hard time staying healthy, then yeah, it would make sense to kind of test the free agency market. I know New Orleans, when the whole drama with Russell Wilson wanting out of Seattle, New Orleans was one of his top destinations that he wanted to go. 
Um, and with kind of the collapse of the Seahawks this season as well, Russ doesn't look as happy. Who knows if Pete Carroll might be out the door. Um, that whole team could be different come week one next year. Um, but yeah, it makes sense for the Saints. I mean, they have a great defense. They have Alvin Kamara, one of the top running backs. Uh, if they can get Michael Thomas back, he still might be one of the best receivers in the league. They have weapons to go the distance. It's just that quarterback that's kind of hindering um, them making it that far. So it would make sense for them to go after Russell Wilson, maybe Aaron Rodgers if he leaves Green Bay. Because, um, yeah, I don't think Hill's going to be the answer for them. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with everything you said right there. Obviously, if I feel like it would be different circumstances if Jameis went to did the ace, you know, the whole works tear in your knee. I feel like if it was just an ACL, I feel like potentially because he looked good at times, like he could potentially be the next quarterback for the Saints. But obviously, with that whole situation, you don't know how he's going to come back from that. Simeon isn't the guy, and I don't think Taysom Hill's the guy either, just because he's he's not like a throwing quarterback, like your prototypical throwing quarterback. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's more of like a wide receiver-esque when he's throwing the ball. It's like you kind of don't know what you're going to get. It's like, yeah, I know Sean Payton had high, like high hopes on Taysom Hill. I believe he called him the next Dan Marino. Um or he plays like that's how he plays. But I just don't think either one of the three that they have on their roster is their guy, especially, like I said, since Jameis, his career is a question mark now. Um, I'm going to put my money in the hat, and I'm going to say that it is going to be Russell Wilson that is going to be in New Orleans. Um, They need a guy. They have the team to go win if they do have a guy. All the all the stars are lining up in my universe for that to happen. Yeah, and for for Russ, kind of a rebirth to his career as well. Um, just with again, the debacle in Seattle. He has weapons. His defense, although is not the same, his run. He hasn't had a healthy running back for really the last two years. Um, well, Russ, if you look at his, he's a thrower. Yeah, he, he and the Seahawks have found found that point in their franchise right now with this season how bad they're struggling they don't have a running game and their defense ain't the legion of doom that they had way back in the day so clearly you're going to have some issues and russ doesn't want to just you're paying me this to just hand the ball off hand the ball like i want to throw he's one of the best deep ball throwers in the league so he goes down with sean payton's high-powered passing offense with a quarterback that can throw, because obviously Drew Brees could throw, but not more than 15 yards. Where yeah. Russ can air it out. In a dome where there's no weather. To with worry the Michael about. Thomas. I mean, who knows how dangerous that's going to be. That can be. Yeah, for sure. Um, it'll be interesting this coming off season. I mean, for a lot of teams, really every team, as far as who they're going to keep, who they're going to go after. Because um, really there's only – you can count on one hand how many teams are kind of okay where they're at. And some of them are like for the, the Packers, I would put in that category, but even then still with Devonte Adams and Rogers next off season, they could go from, I mean, looking at Seattle, they have Russell Wilson, they have all these weapons. They, the Packers could go off a cliff if they lose those guys as well. So but yeah, we'll see. 
Um, my first question for you here, uh, breaking news out of the NFL yesterday was after evaluation, uh, the NFL gave Antonio Brown a three game suspension for trying to use a fake vac- vaccination card. Um, do you think that his three game suspension is going to cost the Bucks a chance at the one seed? I already don't think the Bucks are going to get the one seed, so I feel like that's kind of already over. But this situation on top of that, um, is it three games from now, or were the last two included in that, and this is the last one? It's from now. And the thing I was thinking, too, is, is he's hurt. So it's like, oh, he's already hurt. Like, they should have it, too. When he's eligible, active to play, that's when it's three game. He was supposed to, like, this week. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, then it would be starting this week. So that'd be week 13, 14, and 15. He will not be able to play. Yeah, his whole situation is kind of bizarre. Yeah. And the thing, too, to throw out there, like before we went live that I, I completely forgot about this, back in 2020, Bruce Arians was kind of on thin ice with Brown saying, if he makes one mistake, he's gone. Oh, fuck yeah. Bruce didn't want to bring him in. Tom vouched for him saying he'll he's gonna live with me i'll keep him on and which he last year he did this year he has his off running off with uh not paying your chef so then your chef all of a sudden getting pissed and releasing the information that he potentially does have a fake or did use a fake vaccine covid card or whatever the case may be now they investigate and found out that that is the case granted he is vaccinated now but at the time that he used it, he wasn't. So there's, it just blows my mind. There's no punishment for being unvaccinated besides going through the extra testing and the protocols and all that extra. Like, why wouldn't you have just been unvaccinated until you got your card when you did choose to get the vac and then just give them that? Like, makes no sense to me why you would try to pull a fast one over when you knowing you're going to get the shot anyway. Like, well, it just yeah. makes zero sense. Yeah, and so when it, there's a list of like nine guys that aren't, it's like Kirk Cousins, uh, Rogers, Wentz, Wentz. There's a handful of big name superstar guys who aren't vaccinated and they're getting going through just fine. And then all these people wanting to say Rogers should have been suspended. It's like he did, he missed the game and he had to pay a 14 grand fine and he probably cost the Packers potentially first place in the division. Granted, this situation isn't as extreme because they already are kind of in that third spot trying to chase, you know, Arizona and Green Bay at the top. But not having him, even though Gronk's kind of back and banged up, he could end up costing their team another loss. I mean, Brady loves Gronk and AB. That's why he brought him to Tampa. That's why he used him in the Super Bowl. Same with Fournette. It's like every guy that he wanted there to come there, he used. Mm-hmm. Now you have a banged up Gronk. AB's doing his whatever. Who's to say that Bruce Arians doesn't cut him? Saying that we don't need you. Yeah. Yeah, and when he was asked about it yesterday, after the news broke, Arians said nothing has been decided yet. They haven't decided what they're going to do yet. So obviously he's considering it. If he said that nothing's today been decided, he said that the NFL, he's, he came out this morning and said that today or the NFL should do more diligence looking into the whole matter. 
like to find more dirt on him or like or to find out uh, who knows how far you you know who far who knows how far he wants because if he finds another thing that ab did gone i could see him free agent you're off the roster yeah Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy how it seemed like he had his head on straight and things were going great for him. And then now all of a sudden this happens and it's like, all right, so he didn't ever get back to 100% of his ways. So it's constantly been a problem off the field. On the field, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Yeah. Off the field, he's clearly got some issues that he still hasn't proven to everybody that he can grow up and be mature and handle his business. Like he continues to have these issues and they're silly issues. A lot of them are not just paying people money that do work for them. Like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, do you go play an NFL game and not get a paycheck? No. Like, it's just foolish, foolish for him. And now his, you know, his ever since the whole Pittsburgh thing and the the Vegas or the Raiders at the time, you know, that whole thing. It's like his career is kind of tarnished from being one of the greatest wide receivers to play the game to no one, you know, like, no what one, do you, what do you even think of AB, you know? Yeah. Like, if he gets, if he gets released again, who's going to want him? Like, you know what I mean? I mean, this late in the season, I could see a team going to getting him just to eat. Just that. Win the Super Bowl, dude. Yeah. But that's the thing. I don't think knowing how crucial he is to Tom, that is the only, like, I feel like the only reason he stays on the team is if Tom walks Bruce Arians back off the ledge. Hey, he's going to move back into my house. He's going to, you know, like, <laughs> figure this thing out. But yeah, he's, and this isn't the time you want to cause problems. No, right before your playoff push. Exactly. Sounds good. Move on to the next one. Um, who do you think finishes atop the AFC with the number one seed? I, I mean, like Baltimore is the one seed right now, but they they have tough sledding just in their division alone to try and to so win their the division. The Bills, yeah, finishing it out. I honestly think it. As painful as it is to say, the Chiefs are going to climb back to the top, to the top of the AFC come the end of the year. Um, they have a chance to. They're seven and four right now. Have a chance to move to eight and four um, with a win over the Broncos uh, this this Sunday on Sunday Night Football, actually too. Um, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, Broncos. Yeah, so basically the whole they play their whole have all division games to end the year essentially. Yep. Besides besides uh, the Bengals. Yeah. So and and the Steelers. And the only team I really think that's going to give them fits is uh the Chargers. Just cuz the Raiders are one dimensional with their car. The Chiefs defense is starting to kind of figure things out so they can kind of slow them down, take their car out of the game. That, that's that's an easy W there. Um, so long as they can get past the Broncos' defense this weekend without really any issues, they could they could end the season on a perfect win streak. And like I said, 
Uh, they're seven and four right now, so that means they'd end thirteen and four. Uh, the the Ravens might be the only team to match that. Um, which Ravens do have the head to head over the Chiefs from Week One. They so if they end up in a tie, the Ravens would get the nod. But I don't know as much as as much as I'm still kind of on like like the Chiefs are back, but they still have a couple things to figure out. Right now, they're. I think that they have the best path for the one seed come uh, the end of the season. I'm going to stick with my guns, Patriots. Um, They just continue to keep building, building every single week. They're on a six-game heater. Obviously, coming into a huge matchup this weekend against the Bills. This will be the first, I feel like, indication – if this Patriots team is going to get the one seed or have they opened the door for, you know, Chiefs, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Bills are pretty much, oh, and the Titans, excuse me, are all right there for the top right now. It's going to take one team to hit a little bit of a shit streak, I feel like. To, I feel like until the team loses two games in a row, which the Titans actually have, so I'm going to take them out of the top. Yeah, I'm going to say Patriots, if not. And then my second guess is going to be the the Bengals. I'd go with the Bengals if it's not the Pats. So you th- the Bengals, so you think that they – how far how far back seven, are they? They're 7-4. and four. Oh, so they're just a game back from Baltimore then? Yep. And they've already had their bye, which Baltimore hasn't. So once the games even out – they could be tied. Yeah, that's true. Because next weekend is the last weekend of buys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the yeah, I, I put definitely put the Patriots up there as well. Um, as one of the teams that are figuring it out. And with a, a Monday night game against Buffalo, they have the perfect opportunity to put the pressure on Baltimore. Um, who has to travel to Pittsburgh to try to keep uh, their season alive for that one seed as well. So both of those games have a lot riding on them. Steelers to try to stay relevant in the playoff picture, Ravens for the one seed, and then Bills and Patriots both kind of competing for that one seed as well. So And the Pats are undefeated on the road this season, and they're at Baltimore, or at Buffalo. Oh, I mean, that Buffalo defense is going to have to get back to what they did in the first six weeks if they're going to have a chance in that game. Yeah, I believe both two are the top defenses in the league for points against. I know Buffalo is first in yards. Correct. Correct. Buffalo is number one in points against. Patriots are number two in points against. Broncos are three. Mm -hmm. Those are the top three defenses in the NFL. And that's hilarious how Vaughn leaves, goes to LA, and the Broncos D gets way better without him. Yeah, and the rate and the Rams go on a three-game skid. <laughs> but yeah, sticking kind of with AFC talk here, then uh, for my next question for you, uh, the AFC West is currently the tightest division with the Chiefs at seven and four, and the Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers all at six and five. 
Will the Chiefs separate themselves down the, the stretch, or do you think it will come down to the last week for who wins that division? I think it's going to come down to week 17 or week 18, and it's going to come down to the Chiefs and the Broncos going head-to-head -head the last game of the season. I feel like nobody in this division is is giving up. If anybody should have been out of it, it should have been the Raiders at this point. And now they've continued to stay with the rest of the pack, given everything that they've been through. Same with the Broncos. I mean, the one team I could see falling is the Chargers. Because of the um, defense. And just Justin Herbert hasn't looked the same this year as he has in years past. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't have that, like – clutch factor that we've seen last year as when he was a rookie but i think um, his teams are starting to blitz him more i think this year he's blitzed like like 50 60 percent more and his qbr when blitz this year is like 20 or something like it's not good so teams are starting to figure out what is making him struggle and defenses are just coming at him with that but yeah, I'm I'm gonna Broncos and Chiefs are gonna be battling it out for the number one spot in the West last week of the season. Yeah, I think I think so as well. Um, like I said, I think the Chiefs are gonna rise to potentially be the one seed. Um, they have a chance to at least, but they have to be perfect down the stretch. Um, but yeah, it, so long as the Broncos, their only loss until week 18 is this Sunday, unless they get the win, which would be even better. Cause I think if the, if the Broncos win, they move into first place in the AFC West. Yeah. Um, and this is the Broncos remaining schedule chiefs, lions, Bengals, Raiders, chargers, chiefs. So they kind of have the same thing. One non division but, game, but theirs is the lions. Yeah. Oh, and Bengals and Bengals. Yeah. Both teams play the Bengals. They just have the Lions instead of the Steelers. Yeah. Otherwise, it's the same schedule. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if Teddy Bridgewater can figure it out, I mean, the defense is going to be rolling no matter what. So if the offense can kind of figure things out, Broncos might be a dark horse team cut if they make it to playoffs, um, if they can get clicking down the stretch here. And then my last question for the NFL, who do you think is going to win Rookie of the Year? Uh, I mean, it's got to be Mac Jones at this point, just because of what, he, what he's done with that Patriots offense. Uh, Jamar Chase is close behind. So, I mean, even though it shouldn't really have a, any weight on it, it how your team is playing – does have a lot of weight on it to where the Bengals kind of went on their skids. So then Jamar Chase kind of fell down the rankings of rookie of the year, even though he's still balling out a hundred plus yards a game and still doing what he does. He's getting less recognition because the Bengals aren't playing well. So unless the, the Patriots slip up down the stretch here and open the door, the Bengals climb back to the top of the AFC. Um, it's going to be Mac Jones. Uh it's especially he he has a perfect chance on Monday night against Buffalo. If he can torch the Buffalo defense, which is one of the top defenses in the league, I feel like that it's his to lose at that point. If if he can ball out on Monday night, I'm gonna disagree with you here. 
I think the best rookie in the entire league, hands down, is Micah Parsons. I think he should win rookie of the year, and I would put him in that number one spot at this point. I would have Mac Jones at two and Jamar Chase at three. But what we've seen out of this kid, Micah Parsons, is unbelievable. And if he can stay healthy, he's going to be one of the greatest linebackers to ever play the game. Um, He's number one in my books. Okay. Well, then that kind of ties into my last question then. Um, Sticking with Micah Parsons, he's just about locked up defensive rookie of the year. Nobody else is really being able to do what he does. With him setting Cowboys rookie records left and right, does he have a shot to not only win the defensive rookie of the year, but the outright defensive player of the year? Currently with rookie of the year. Yeah, defensive rookie, all three. And uh, because looking at his stats, 10 sacks, Cowboys rookie record. He has 72 total tackles, 54 solo, and two forced fumbles as well. Um, Just amazing numbers as a rookie. Um, so you, you think he has a chance to do the sweep and get all three? I do. I, I truly do. He is a, he's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he's the best person out of the draft. Hands down. I feel like granted Mac Jones. Yeah. Has continued that defense though, for the Patriots has stepped up and done a lot of shit for that team. Um, being a linebacker coming into the league, having 10 sacks already. So like he's just put himself on a complete different plane. I feel like than Mac Jones and Jamar chase. And that's why I feel like he does have a great chance to win all three. Mm -hmm. The only other person I would kind of put into the equation for defensive player of the year is his own teammate. Trevon Diggs currently had he got his ninth interception last night. Um, uh, he has a chance to make some history with uh, Night Train. Night Train has 14 interceptions in a season. That's the NFL record with nine interceptions and uh, five games to go. If he can kind of through what was it seven eight games, he had an interception every game. If he can get back on that streak. He could tie, if not break, that record. If you break a record like that that stood the test of time for decades upon decades, it's hard not to put him in the conversation as well. The only thing I can – the only thing – I'm actually going to recant what I said a little bit. I think – fuck. I personally think T.J. Watt or Miles Garrett is going to end up winning defensive player of the year but I feel like he's going to win rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. Miles Garrett has been unreal this yeah. year. TJ Watt has been unreal this season. Um, and then Trayvon, Matt Judon from Patriots has had a, a career changing year. JC Jackson, who's has like what, I know he's up there for interceptions as well. Yeah, since the start of 2020, he has 16 picks. He's number one. So from the start of last season to now, he's got 16 picks, which is incredible. You know, 
I definitely keep him in that conversation, though. I'm I'm not gonna throw him out of it, but I'm gonna take that back and say he doesn't win defensive player of the year. Sounds good. All right, then wrapping up our NFL talk, moving over to the college football world. Um, last episode, well, I should say two episodes ago, um, we talked about our predictions for the uh, college football top six. Um, just as a recap, um, my picks were Georgia one, Michigan two, Bama three, Cincinnati four, Notre Dame five, Oklahoma State six. Uh, who did you have again? I had Georgia one, Michigan two, Cincinnati three. I had Notre Dame at four. I had Alabama at five and then Oklahoma State at six. Okay. So both of us are super close. Um, Georgia ends up, ended up being number one, Michigan two. Uh, was Bama three? Cincinnati's three. Cincinnati's Bama's three. Four. Bama's four. And then Oklahoma State was five, and, Nor- and Notre Dame stayed six. at six. Yep. And the only reason I think Notre Dame fell is because of their departure of Chip Kelly. I feel like they are playing that into an effect here with like a team without their head coach who's literally designed everything for them for the season just up and goes. How well would they do if they faced? one of the, you know, like, I don't, I don't think they're, they're going to slip in. So I'm, I'm, I'm currently the only disagreement I have with this whole thing is I believe Oklahoma state then at this point should be number four and Bama should be five. I feel like Bama needs has to win or should have to win this sec championship in order to be one of the top four. They've been taken to the ropes twice. Yeah. Almost three times against Florida, you can throw that in there. It was a close game to a certain like. I I think Ohio State is better than Alabama this year, and Ohio State's at seven. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the top two, Georgia, Michigan, makes a lot of sense. Uh, I guess I kind of gave I kept Bama at three just for the giving the benefit of the doubt because. The committee's always rock hard for Alabama to try to keep them in the college football playoffs. If they were at three with a loss to Georgia, I think that they had a, they might have a chance to stay in at four. But since they are at four, if they don't win, I don't think you can keep them in. Um, like you said, so long as Oklahoma State takes care of Baylor in the Big 12 championship. Uh, and so, then do you slide Notre Dame? You know, like, do you? yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. I saw, like, some kind of takes on it from other analysts and stuff. It'd be one of the best sports stories to ever exist if Notre Dame makes the college football playoffs and, and goes the distance after the departure of your head coach to just give that ultimate, fuck you, we didn't need you How anyway. They all, get, they all get rings and he don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean – the. I guess to kind of highlight some of the games going on this weekend that have a lot of weight on them. Um, starting, I guess, with the Big 12 championship, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State is uh, favored by six points. Um, do you think they get it done? I do. I think they do as well. I mean, Baylor, hit, basically, their most notable win of the year was over Oklahoma. Um, but again, Oklahoma, it was a matter of time before they slipped up this year. Uh, but even that they, um, actually, you know what I'm taking, where is the game? 
Uh, Obviously, it's a neutral site, but actually, I'm going to take Baylor in this one. Baylor's defense has been outstanding. It's at AT AT&T. Yeah, I'm going to take Baylor. I'm going to take Baylor. Sounds good. Baylor's defense is just too good, where if they play a full game, I mean, Oklahoma State just had a shootout against Oklahoma this last weekend, and Baylor whooped the shit out of Oklahoma. So I feel like Baylor... And then if they win that, if Alabama chokes at four, just Baylor climb all the way up to four. I feel like they need Alabama and Cincinnati to lose should Baylor win to have a chance to get in. I just don't see Cincinnati choking. No. So that's what I'm saying. They, I don't think Baylor has a chance. The only way I see Baylor having a chance is if Alabama and Cincinnati lose. To get in. What if Alabama and Oklahoma State lose? They're the only other team playing. Because Ohio State's done, Ole Miss is done, Notre Dame's done. So then you'd so then Baylor would sneak in at four, you're thinking? <laughs> if they if they beat Oklahoma State and Baylor I think that, loses. If they piss, I think if Alabama gets piss pounded. And Baylor piss pounds Oklahoma State, then I, I could see making a case for to sneak them in at four. So yeah, it's possible. Like any scenario is possible. There's a it's not like it's just, Baylor's the only outside team that has a chance. Because every other school is done playing. Well, Oklahoma State at five, too. Well, right, but I'm saying Baylor at nine is the lowest down the, the list. Oh, that yeah. Is. That has a chance to get in. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next game here, SEC Championship, Georgia, Alabama. Um, Georgia's gonna dog walk them. Yeah, I think I think so as well. Uh, Georgia is six, only six and a half point favorites. Um, if Wisconsin, if betting was legal in Wisconsin, I'd be all over that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Alabama has just been taken to the ropes too much this year. Georgia hasn't flinched against anybody. <laughs> They're, aside from Clemson week one, but that's week one. So, um, yeah, kind of a no-brainer there. Um, next in the AAC championship, Houston-Cincinnati. Cincinnati has, I think, a 96% chance to make it if they win and a less than 1% chance if they lose. They're basically – like nobody's giving – nobody's going to give them the nod basically if they lose this. Um, but, Yeah. I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna flinch. I think that they are gonna they're get gonna roll. done. Yeah, they're gonna roll over Houston in that one. Um, over to the Big Ten, Michigan, Iowa. Um, I, th- I saw a scenario. I can't remember who it, they had like a whiteboard and everything broken down of Iowa making the college football playoff. I where... told you, dude. <laughs> I, I brought it up just like. Hey, just records wise and who's beaten who and what they should technically and they're only 13. You know what I mean? At 10 and 2. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was they'd have to piss pound Michigan, like like just absolutely obliterate them. All right, Which Michigan. I don't think it's gonna happen. No, but if they do, all right, Michigan, you're out. Alabama gets obliterated by Georgia. All right, you're out. Cincinnati lose to Houston. All right, you're out. Bay, who would they want? Would they want Baylor, Oklahoma State to win? 
you just it wouldn't matter at that point. Whoever would win that game between Oklahoma State and Baylor, they'd be in. Notre Dame would be in. Ohio State. You just take the next three. Because there's no – I just don't think there's any chance that hell Michigan fucks this up. No, I don't think so like, either. I really – I. this is the best Michigan has looked in a long time. And to be able to handle Ohio State how they did, they're at an all-time high. But after an all-time high comes what? An all-time low. And is this the game that they shit – like, do they shit the bed here? Or do they lay the egg first college football playoff game one? Like that is the que- that is the question, and then Cincinnati. If they stay at three, Michigan would take on Cincinnati in that first round. We get to see how good that conference is that Cincinnati's in as a whole. You know, mm-hmm. should they have even been in there? That'll be a question that's asked. But I feel like a team that's twelve and zero, no matter who you're playing, that's fucking tough to do. Yeah. Yeah, and in the last one, no, nothing really riding on it, but in the ACC championship, for the first time in almost a decade, Clemson will not be participating. It will be Pittsburgh-Wake Forest, both 10-2. and two. Pittsburgh is favored 3.5. Um, I'll take Wake. Yeah, I like Wake Forest as well in that one. They they kind of – they were, what, 9 or 10 at one point this year when they were, like, 9-0 and or 10-0. and and they Both were, teams were up there. yeah. Um, Pittsburgh kind of turned it on late. They were like high twenties, like or like low twenties. I think I they say. started. I think they started zero and two. Pittsburgh, and just rolled. I'm looking. They might have honestly. No, it says they have a street. They started two and zero, lost to Western Michigan, and the only other loss was to Miami. For this year? Yeah. Otherwise, they've, I mean, notable wins. Oh, yeah. They lost to Western Michigan week three. Yeah. But, yeah, there's scores, though. 51 to 7, 77 to 7, 28 to 7, 27 to 17 against Clemson. Mm-hmm. You beat North Carolina, who's a really good team. Like, do they sneak in? One of these two teams sneak in if everybody has them Alabama lose. Yeah. Well, what do you think happens if Georgia loses? They're in that no matter what. But what's the order? If Georgia loses? Yeah. Fall the two. I don't know which would you put would you put Bama ahead of Georgia if they beat them? Despite having no. Okay. So then it'd go Michigan. If, if, if Alabama would beat Georgia, Cincinnati, I would put at number one. I'd keep Michigan at two. Georgia would go to four and Bama would move up to three. Okay. I'd move Michigan. I'd give the undefeated team. You have to. You have. They'd be thirteen and zero. Yeah, that's true. Like they're the only team left. Like, how can you not be number one? Be the only undefeated team in college football. Like, yeah. Then shit's fucked. If if it's if that would not happen. 
Yeah. But even still, for Pittsburgh or Wake Forest to get in, they'd need... That's a long shot. Yeah. Especially because Baylor, winner of Baylor or Oklahoma State would be in ahead of them. Right. But yeah, I'm sure it's like a 1% chance, though, where they break it down. It's like this that has to happen, that has to happen. I mean, it's not a lot of games. It's not like a list of like 20 scenarios that need to happen. It's really a list of like five. I just don't see it. I just don't see any any team outside of Baylor getting having a chance. No. Like even if Iowa wins, I don't see them. I test. They're not better than Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. No. But they put they put themselves in the Rose Bowl at least against who'd be I don't even know who they'd play. Act twelve. Oh yeah. Um whoever so loses or whoever would win that. So that'd be Oregon or Utah, which Utah just beat Oregon like two weeks ago. Yep. So they got, and that's what dropped them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were at three, Correct. and then they lost. Then they lost to Utah. Now they said they 10. went to ten. Yep. They've been there ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of good games this weekend. Which um, is kind of funny that Ohio State and Oregon have the same record yet. Oregon's ten, Ohio State's seven, and Oregon shit on Ohio State. Yeah. It just like, makes no sense. Some like where everything is, like the ranking wise, like the number that they give these teams, a lot of the times doesn't make sense. But I think when Oregon lost to Utah, Utah was unranked. I feel like the committee this year, for whatever reason, just yeah, like Utah's up to 14, 17, and nine and three. Yeah. Oh, the list that I see is 14. Well, I don't know if the list I'm looking at is AP polls or college football playoff polls. I'm just on ESPN looking at what they have. So I don't know if that's AP or college football playoff because those, for whatever reason, never line up. <laughs> um, but yeah, for whatever reason this year, the committee is just absolutely shit on teams that have lost to unranks, except for Alabama. They fell from what? Two to five, losing to unranked. Texas A&M, but, but yeah, a lot of good games this weekend. It'll be fun to watch, and obviously on Monday, we'll kind of break down what all happened, and on Sunday, when they do the college football playoff selection show, we'll see who's in, who's out, and what the uh, semifinal games are looking like. Yeah, that should be, that'll be exciting. Moving over to the NBA here then, uh, what do you got over there? First question is, how many games do you think the Suns win before their streak ends? It's currently at 18. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it ends tonight, baby. Rematch with the Warriors. Um, I'm not going to say too much because that's part of one of my questions, but it's going to end. It's going to end tonight. Um, still, they're still a great team. Um, but yeah, the Warriors played one of their worst games that night and still barely lost. So yeah, I'm saying you, you want to double tonight. down on the five that you already owe me should be 10. If 10, if the warriors lose and yeah. I don't you anything, if they win. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I think the Suns take this bad boy 
25, 26. This Suns team is rolling, especially to be able without D book the other night after the first quarter to be able to hold on and beat the Warriors. Now with the D book back in the lineup, I don't see this Warriors team. If they had Clay Thompson, this would be a different discussion, but he's not back yet. So, Suns yeah. keep rolling. I guess because that was my one of my questions for you was Matt, uh, Matt, the rematch tonight, do Suns win over Warriors, even the season series? Um, the reason why, because it's in Golden State, so advantage there. It's tough to come into, uh, well, not Oracle anymore, it's Chase Center um, to win. Two, Steph Curry had his worst shooting night of his career on Wednesday versus the Suns. He went four for 21. That's the worst in his career when shooting 20 shots. He's going to come back out. When, he's one of those guys who, when he plays mad, he, he plays lights out to where he's talked a handful of times where if he had a bad first half, he goes on Twitter at halftime and, like, reads all the people shitting on him in tweets, takes that energy and goes and has a stellar second half. Where this time, I don't think he's going to have a bad first half. He's going to come out. We might see a, a season high out of him um, at home. Uh, I think the Warriors will roll, roll it. I don't think so. The Suns, the best defensive team so far in the NBA, as far as defensive efficiency, they shut Steph down. And without Clay, without having another three-point shooter that can kill like that, I feel like their defense is just way too good. They don't let him get shots the way that he can get shots with other teams. Suns roll. Sounds good. Um, in my, I guess, lone question for you here then, for the NBA, uh, the Bucks lose Brooke Lopez indefinitely after he had back surgery this week. Tuesday you stated that you're high on the Bucks making it back to the NBA Finals again. Does this absence hinder their chances, or do you think that they're, they'll still get it done? I think that hinders their chances a little bit without another big man down low with Giannis that can do work in the paint and also is deadly from the three point. Um, this definitely is going to hurt the bucks. However, I don't see he's out for the rest of the year. It just says indefinitely. They're expecting to get him back at some point this season but there is no timetable yet, but they said it's not a season ending surgery. Well, with it not being season ending, then I say that there's, this gives them a hiccup during the regular season to fight for that number one spot, maybe even home court advantage. But if he's able to come back late in the season, I don't think this is a hiccup for the bucks. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they played with him pretty much the whole season already doing as good as they have. They just had their, uh, was an eight-game win streak snapped last night in Toronto. Uh, Giannis didn't play just with calf soreness and resting. Um, but still, uh, if Giannis can keep doing what he does every night, they get DiVincenzo back. Yeah, they get DiVincenzo back eventually. Chris Middleton is heating up. Uh, Drew Holiday's heating up. Um, off the bench, Jordan Awara, um, his brother Thanasis, like – they got depth on that team. Obviously, they're not a better team without Brooke. But like you said, it gives them that much more motivation that, hey, if we can get this done without him, when we get him back, we're unstoppable. So, um, yeah, 
obviously hinders their chances, but I think that they, they'll still be one of the top seeded teams in the East come playoff time. And then kind of like a similar situation, like you said, knowing that if we can make it this far and we get this guy back, do you think Brooklyn looks to move Kyrie before the trade deadline? I know their coach and GM said that they are open to hearing trade offers and whatever the case may be, even though none have came forward so far. Um, I know the number one spot was Philly, but Ben Simmons kind of is still doing his own thing, working on getting back. So that's kind of out of the question at now. Do you, do you think they move him before the trade deadline or do you think they hold on and hope that he gets the vaccine? If I was, if I was in management on that team, I'd move him. I, I don't know. I don't know if they are going to just because maybe they are holding out where they're like, all right, if we can keep doing what we're doing without him and then he does show up, we're going to be that much better. Um, Cause Brooklyn is the top team in the East right now. Um, by, by a full game. Or yeah. Chicago. They're 15 and six right now. So yeah. And Chicago's 15 and eight. So they Chicago's played two more games and has two more losses. So they're kind of in the driver's seat right now in the East. Um, but yeah, I would, I mean, I would move him because yes, it's like, Oh, but if we hang on to him, we're going to be that much better. But at the same time, Hey, we've done this without him. Let's see what we can get for him that we can use now for our bench, for depth, whatever it might be. Um, so where think, would he go? Where do you think he'd go then? I don't know. Like you said, Philly seems like a decent spot right now. Otherwise, maybe um, Denver because they're still waiting for Jamal Murray's return from his ACL injury last year. So they're kind of hurting for a good guard to kind of take leadership of that team. Um, and they've slipped as of late. They're kind of on, on a, uh, what are they at right now? Um, they're 10, they're the 10 seed right now. And they've, they're three and seven in their last 10 games. So Denver's kind of hurting again, but who they give up. I don't know who they'd give up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Denver, Denver and Philly kind of seem like the two that would make the most sense just because those two teams need Clippers. need a veteran point guard. Yeah. Well, wise. No one knows when he's coming back. Yeah, that's true. Just because right now it's Paul George and Reggie Jackson. Those are two. The Clippers are kind of a weird spot with, I mean, they play the Lakers tonight, so that's going to be a fun kind of battle of L.A. game. But the Clippers are predictable. If Paul George, Paul George gets 30-plus points, they have a chance to win. If the, the opposing defense can shut them down, their offense is, is atrocious. So it makes sense for them to bring in a Kyrie or just anybody to help with Reggie Jackson and Paul George on that offense. So, I mean, there's a couple landing spots, all of which are playoff contenders. Um, 76ers right up there in the East. Uh, Denver, I mean, sitting at the 10 seed, they're – They'd be in the play-in, but getting the right pieces, they could climb back up to the top. I mean, between them and Memphis at five, Memphis is 12 and 10, Denver is 10 and 11. So <laughs> they're a couple wins away from jumping five, six teams back up in the West. Um, yeah, when is the trade deadline for the NBA? I don't even remember what, when the date is for that. I know it's around all-star break time. Maybe the 23rd, 24th. January I'm looking yeah I know it's close to all-star break time 
Thursday, February 10th. Okay, so it's still a while. But, again, it makes sense for them to move him. I don't know if they will. Like, it, it'd be close to the trade deadline, I feel like, if they do. But at least for the next, I'd say, month, I think that they're just going to wait it out, see what happens. Yeah, because he definitely ain't going to Portland after they just had to fire their GM today. Portland? What happened with that? Code of conduct. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they they official. It was like official four hours ago, but didn't get like. I don't think the details are going to be coming out till like later today, maybe even tomorrow. But yeah, so that's a team trying to stay afloat, and now you just lose your GM. Like rough, rough, rough. I think this is going to be a rough go for Portland this year. Yeah, I mean they're really only hanging on to their home record. They were nine and one going into last night, and they ended up losing um, to the Spurs. So now they're nine and two at home. I think they're ten. They have ten wins. So they they only have one win on the road. I think this year. Um, yeah, and Dame Lillard, he's out. I think ten next ten days uh, with an injury. So. They could go on a four or five game skid now without him. So, um, yeah, I guess with Kyrie, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Couldn't agree more. Moving over to the NHL then, uh, I guess my first question for you then, uh, the Bruins, Blue Jackets, Predators, and Golden Knights all sit outside the top four in their division in the fifth spot. Which team punches a playoff berth without becoming a wild card team? And then you have to remember it's the top three at each. Yeah. And then it's just the next two. Highest. Yeah. You said the Bruins. Blue Jackets, Predators, Knights. I'm going to go Vegas. Um, there was a Jack Eichel spotting the other day in North Carolina and with the pads on after surgery, everything seems to be going according to plan and he should be back with that team. I want to say early January, mid January, Vegas, Vegas is coming. Yeah. That was looking at this list too. That was the first team. It's like, all right, who's, who's got people coming back. Who's got something to look forward to. And like you said, the Knights, Jack Eichel getting him back. Um, uh, I mean, they're holding down the four without him as it is. So once they get him back, they're going to be that much better. So, yeah, I would definitely say out of those teams, Vegas is probably the best chance to do it. Yeah, and they're continuing to get healthier and healthier every single week. I mean, it's a pretty crazy game in the game of hockey in, in any sport, really, when you have top guys unable to be able to, you know, give her a go for the night Mm -hmm. or extended period of time, them getting back to health with stone patch coming back. And obviously the long awaited arrival of Jack Eichel. I don't see anything but success coming from this team. Might take them a little while to get going, but they're going to get there. Oh yeah. My first question for you. Who finishes at the bottom 
of the NHL standings this season? Uh, so kind of looking at the standings right now, um, I mean, bottom handful of teams, you got Vancouver, Montreal, Islanders, Coyotes, and Senators. Canadians as well. Yeah, Montreal. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to say Montreal. Um, they just don't have, like, just kind of looking at last year and everybody's still kind of being baffled of how they made it to a Stanley Cup final and kind of looking at their collapse this year. Um, Shea Weber being gone uh, and leaning heavily on Cole Caulfield and the playoffs last year to kind of have his have a couple breakout games. He's not doing it for him this year. Uh, and on top of it, they have 25 games played with a 6-17 and 17 record. All the teams underneath them, New Island has, Islanders have 18 played, Arizona has 23, Ottawa has 21. So, and they only have one more win in between three and five more games played. Um, I think that they're going to get leapfrogged once that evens out with the schedule come later in the season. Um, I think Montreal is going to be, I don't know if it's ever been done, but be one of the first teams to ever make a Stanley Cup final appearance and end with the worst record in NHL history. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's ever been done, but if it hasn't been done, I feel like they'd be the first team to do it. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever been done either. I think Ottawa. Ottawa? Mm-hmm. I mean, they do currently sit at the bottom with 11. It's between Ottawa and the Islanders. Poor Islanders got a new arena. and <laughs> Yeah, but they're, you know, they're seven games back behind Montreal with the league lead of 25 games. So they're 14 points. So they'd be at 27 if they won them all. Which, which would the Flyers put them be in last. <laughs> I mean, we're having a shit year too. Yeah. But honestly, I actually I'm gonna say Buffalo. Buffalo Sabres, I feel like. You had hope early, Buffalo Sabres fans, that your team is turning around, getting rid of Eichel and everything. Sorry to say it, your team's still garbage. Yeah, I mean, you can make a case for all, all these teams, really. I mean, even my Kraken, for instance, they said it just 18 points. Yeah, um, but that they have an excuse. Well, yeah, that's true, but... Um, <laughs> the first time any of these guys played together. Yeah. And you don't even have a fucking AHL team. No, not yet. When are they, when are they supposed to have that again? Next year. Was that the Coachella Firebirds? Yeah. Whatever. Next season, they're supposed to have their own rink and all that stuff done, so they'll have their own team. But yeah, right now they're sharing with the team, so they could be losing all their good call-ups. <laughs> the other team could be snagging them. Yeah. Yeah. Who gets first? Like, how does that work? Where you're like, no we, idea. We want him. The other team's like, no, we want him up. Like, no idea. I honestly have no idea how that works. But I'm guessing it kind of goes like waivers where the worst team first gets the first 
offer oh. I think it's just the best offer that makes, I don't know. That makes I don't sense know. yeah I don't know if, I don't know how, <laughs> but that'd be pretty crazy yeah uh my next question for you here uh will the Tampa Bay Lightning make it to a third straight Stanley Cup final You can't count them out. I know because they're quiet kind of last year at this point, too. They right always now. they always are. Like they're no one talks about them because they're in Florida. It's like no one t- gives a shit about hockey really in Florida, except for this year. You have the Panthers and the Lightning both doing really well. I I I think they have a chance to to return to the Stanley Cup final. I don't know if they're gonna win, but Still getting Kucherov back again later in the year, just like they did last year. Who knows what type of an impact that makes if they can continue to stay afloat. Like, it's incredible what that team fucking continues to do year after year after year and losing a handful of guys in the offseason. And you still, I don't know. I I really do. I I think they got a chance. I mean, like you said, you can't really count them out, but. I, I don't think that they make it to, to the final. I mean, looking at the teams ahead of them right now, um, I mean, preseason, my, my prediction was uh, Colorado and Carolina. Um, Carolina had their hot start. They've kind of plateaued a little bit, but still one of the best teams in the East. Other than that, Rangers look hot. Capitals and Ovechkin are looking great. Rangers uh, are the only team right now in the Metro to have a winning streak. Really? Oh yeah. Rangers have a four winning streak. Everybody else is on a two plus. <laughs> yeah. I've rain. Yeah. Like I said, Rangers look good. Um, obviously up in Toronto, who knows if they can finally get over their slump this year. And then, like you said, the other Florida team Panthers best, best team in the, in the league right now, sitting at 16, four and three with 35 points. Um, I don't know. Um, How many games do they have played? Florida, 23. Yeah, Oilers are 16-5 and no one, they, they 21. They're coming. How many points do they have? 32, but they only have 21 games played. So they could, well, with two wins, they'd be at 35 then as well. Four points. Two points a win. Yeah, so with two wins, with two wins. You said that 31? They're at 32. Oh, I thought you said 31. Um. Which they play a crack in tonight, so that's going to be a, a, a fun one to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, can't count them out. But just just for the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to say that they. I'm going to say they don't, just because I don't want to see them in three straight. <laughs> Two teams I am pulling for outside of my Flyers, the Wild and the Stars. I'd love to see the Minnesota Wild win a Stanley Cup, and Dallas Stars. I'd love to see him. Joe Pavelski win the Stanley Cup. I'd love to see it. And then my last question for you today for the NHL. Who do you think finishes the season with the green jacket, which means they have the worst plus minus in the NHL? Sticking with the team that's going to have the worst record, Montreal. And looking at it right now, they already have the second worst uh, differential at minus 33. Um, with, with, again, more more games played than everybody else. 
Um, Arizona is the only other team higher with minus 40. Um, It's going to be close. I feel like it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be between Arizona and Montreal for the worst differential. But like I said, right now with Montreal off to their shit start, Arizona Coyotes at least have a chance to score some goals, maybe, maybe hopefully not get blown out like they had to start the year. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say Montreal with the worst record and the worst differential. Yeah, I think um, Ottawa actually gives it the most. I think Arizona is going to give up the most goals this season. Yeah, I mean, they're – well – Arizona has 82 goals given up, but again, Montreal with how many more games? Two more games have given up seven more goals. So, which in two games to give up seven goals, it's a lot, but it's doable when you're a shit team. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, when it coming towards the end of the year, what that's looking like. But uh, yeah, I'd agree with you. Again, Arizona kind of being the team also to do it if Montreal doesn't. Uh, My last question for you here, um, two of the, two of hockey's greatest uh, having, I mean, doing what they've done over their careers, who retires first, Ovechkin or Crosby? Ovechkin is two years older, but has, I guess more to play for with that, again, all-time goals record ahead of him if he decides to stick it out and try to beat that. That's a good question. I guess to give my answer, uh, in a short answer, I'm going to say Crosby first, just for the reason that I just mentioned. Crosby's done everything under the sun. He's done he's done it all already. Ovechkin, like I said, has that all-time goal lead to chase. He's this close already having the year he's having, being in the top, top of the top for goals and points and all that this year. He hasn't slowed down a bit. He, at least, he has a goal ahead of him that I don't think he's going to stop until he hits which I think is going to give him more a longer career than Crosby to where Crosby, he can hang it up now. He could hang up next year. Who knows when, when he's going to do it. I think Ovechkin retires first. Just for the reason that I think Crosby, Malkin, the other – we had a conversation a couple podcasts ago, I believe, where I brought up Crosby's a free agent, Malkin's a free agent, Latang's a free. I can see all of them signing for one more run, one more deal together, three, four year deal, and giving her where Ovechkin's already re upped for his four. I think Ovechkin catches that goal, leadership before his contract's over. And I feel like he retires the moment that he does, where I feel like Crosby's still chasing a couple championships. I feel like he's still chasing a couple more Stanley Cups just because, like you said, 
He's won everything there is to win as a player, literally the most decorated hockey player of all time. Somebody like that, he's like a Tom Brady, dude. He's going to keep trying to win cup after cup after cup after cup. He wants to be the guy. (laughs) But even though I don't think anybody's ever going to catch, I think there's, I think he's got 11. Who? Maurice Richard. Hold on. Henry Richard, he's got 11. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tall order to fill. Yep. It definitely is. And it's funny because the top four, 11, 10, 9, 8. Dude, in the top nine, all but one play for the Montreal Canadiens. Really? Mm-hmm. They won in 53, 44, 46, fucking 53, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60. So they won four in a row in the 50s? 56. Oh, let me just look because it's it's crazy. Like... Nineteen, 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 twenty-four, nineteen, twenty-five, nineteen, thirty, nineteen, thirty-one, nineteen, forty-four, nineteen, forty-six, nineteen, fifty-three, nineteen, fifty-six, nineteen, fifty-seven, nineteen, fifty-eight, nineteen, fifty-nine, nineteen, sixty, sixty-five, sixty-six, sixty-eight, sixty-nine, seventy-one, seventy-three, seventy-six, seventy-seven, seventy-eight, seventy-nine, eighty-six, and nineteen ninety-three. So they had multiple runs of winning it four years in a row. Jeez. 56, 57, 58, 59, 60. And then they went from this... 76, 77, 78, 79. <laughs> Unreal. They have 33 Stanley Cups total. Or 30. 23. They have 23 Stanley Cups, which is insane. Yeah. Wow. I knew they were like one of the most historic franchises, but I didn't realize they were that dominant (laughs) multiple times. And they have 23 Coyotes, Sabres, Blue Jackets, Florida Panthers, Wild, National Predators, Ottawa Senators, San Jose Sharks, Vancouver Canucks, Golden Knights, Winnipeg Jets, and now the Kraken all have never won a Stanley Cup. So there's more franchises than they almost won in a span of 10 years. Jeez. Yep. Insane. Yeah. Sounds good. Then wrapping up uh, with our last couple of questions here, kind of in that, again, other category, other news outside of what we talk about every day. Um, mine is in the MLB. Um, as everybody knows, those athletes get paid the most in any professional sport. Do you think that the MLB will ever administer a salary cap? No. Because they tried twice already, and it's already resulted in other strikes. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think they're going to result back to what has caused multiple strikes already previously. Um, I just feel like that 
what they are striking for, I feel like actually is a pretty good reasons. They don't want people to continue to be shuffled around without getting paid their money and held in the minors for way too long because they're cheap. And if you, everybody deserves their money if you make it that far. So I feel like this whole thing is a good thing. My question kind of tangents off that. When do you think this strike ends? So basically because it closed monday or wednesday night at 11 59 p.m eastern time or whatever um all facilities closed nobody can practice all, all that good stuff um it sounds like they aren't even gonna try to have any meetings to resolve this until january or uh late january early february um i'm gonna add a second part to this do you okay. think it surpasses the longest lockout of all time which was the nhl being 232 days no i don't think it will i think that they will obviously try to figure it out before the regular season starts i mean it's if they miss spring training they miss spring training everybody's just gonna have a slow start to the year but um i'm gonna say end of march like a couple weeks, if not a week before opening day, they figure things out. Um, at the worst, maybe the first ha- couple weeks, first month of the season. But I don't think I don't think it would go because it's two hundred twenty some days. That's oh, that's well over half the year. I don't think that this this will be that bad, just because obviously the game of baseball wants. To, needs to be played for all these guys to make money, even the higher ups. So um, yeah, I'm going to say end of March, right before season starts, they get it figured out. I think it might go longer than that. I think we might see some more of a shortened season. There's a handful of things that I don't think the players are pushing back on or like, aren't going to fold on. So it's going to come from the owners who are the ones paying the bill who are going to have the cave. I feel like in this situation when who knows how long that it's going to be, how much money they, these people have versus how much money they can keep, you know, like it's going to be a stalemate. I feel like, and who knows, I feel like this is going to go quite a long time. I don't think it will surpass two thirty-two, but I think we could see potentially a month to maybe months missed of the season. Yeah, I mean, when when it comes to two sides wanting more money or wanting to dish out less money, the, like you said, neither side is going to cave. And kind of looking at the CBA from the player's side, um, yeah, I don't see anything, like you said, either that they're going to want to cave on. And since it is the owners that are paying them the money, it's like, well, we do tech, like we own your paycheck. So it's like, they have that much leverage too, but again, when the season when the season starts, come in and play for cheap. If they, yeah. you know, like, who knows how far this goes? Mm-hmm. And when the season the starts, and these, these owners start losing millions and millions of dollars. Then we might see some them start to cave of like, oh shit, I'm losing millions of dollars a day now. Okay, we got to do something. So, um. So kind of thinking about it more with my answer, I feel like some time is going to get missed no matter what, just because I feel like it is going to take 
the owners and the league losing millions of dollars for them to say, all right, let's figure something out. But and until the then only win if they hold out the longest. Exactly. <laughs> so and given how much money everybody to agree to, to and given how much money they're sitting on, they don't need like yes, they want to get paid, yes, they want their millions, but they don't need it. They could hold up for years if they need to, all sitting on their hundreds of millions of dollars. Where the only way that the owners and the league gets paid is TV time, ticket sales, all of that. I mean, ultimately, that's how the players get paid too, is a trickle down of that. But it starts at the top. If the top doesn't get paid, the bottom can't get paid. And the top probably wants to get paid just as much as the players do. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun next couple of months here. Um, but yeah, I guess changing my answer, I feel like there's going to be time missed no matter what. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, whenever there's money involved and for this instance, it seems like everything the players are asking to change is for a good reason. What are they going to do? They're going to hold out. Managers are going to want baseball to be played. So they're going to ask people to come back to play for cheap or pay for whatever players could just continue to keep striking and say, you ain't getting us professionals back on the field until you guys fold over. And I feel like for as many superstars as there is in baseball, I feel like the players kind of have a lot of power now. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sounds good. That's all I got for today. Um, Another great episode. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks everyone for stopping by. We appreciate all the listens, especially the uptick in our audio traffic. We really appreciate that. Um, Hope everybody has a great weekend. Big games, a lot of big football games going on in the NCAA and in the NFL. We'll be back on Monday to cover those for you guys. So have a great weekend.